The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks very much for being with us. We appreciate you tuning in for another podcast. Uh, two in one week. And you have to have a podcast when you have uh, trades of the magnitude that the Rays made on uh, Thursday. Uh, we'll discuss both those deals with Eric Neander, the Rays' senior VP and GM, in just a bit. Uh, we're also going to hear from... Uh, Jim Hayes, he's a longtime reporter, a good friend from Fox Sports Midwest. But first, our sit-down with uh, Eric Neander. Uh, and first question I had a chance to ask Eric was really how uh, the deal with St. Louis came about. It's kind of a, I mean, the separate talks that, that led to a, a deal like this. I think the Jose Martinez component of this deal is something that has been longstanding. There's been a lot of discussion over time. Um, about Jose and uh, obviously was uh, a player that that fit a, a short-term need with our with our major league club and and so that was kind of one part of it and then Randy is someone that uh, you know independent of our roster and the context of our club is someone that uh, we've evaluated very highly and and believe he's someone that is on the cusp of establishing himself as a really good major league outfielder with some real upside to him and uh, just so happened to also I think fit into the mix of our club but uh, and those are kind of two separate conversations you know the the Martinez pursuit was one about just a short-term need and 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 Randy was was more of um, a player that we identified that we really believe in moving forward and can be a key piece of our club for several years and they merged, I think, just over the course of the winter and, and really came into focus, I'd say, over the last couple of weeks. You start with Martinez. Is he as valuable in the clubhouse to you guys as he could be at the plate? And if so, why? Yeah, we – look, our, our, our team last year, they had a lot of success. They experienced a lot of adversity while having that success. Um, the experiences that, that the group of players um, had last year, I think, will – greatly benefit them this coming season and, and they didn't have that under him last year and so I think that lessens the need for um, some of the been there done that just given what these guys have have collectively experienced but at the same time you know uh, Jose is somebody that by all accounts is a wonderful teammate um, is a connector in the clubhouse brings people together keeps it fun uh, but keeps it serious and uh, you know to have to have a veteran to have a more experienced player that's that's also been in winning environments can come in here take a fresh take and kind of be one of those leaders is something that's certainly important as we round out our group and uh we we've obviously uh have had a few guys that have moved on from last year's club that filled those roles and it it was something that uh, certainly was a factor here and uh one we're, we're really glad to have but you really think he can hit uh especially against lefties and he's done that throughout his career yeah the the, the chemistry, making sure that things are strong behind the scenes is, is critical, but we, we've got to be solving for talent first, you know, and that, that really has to drive it. And then we, we kind of make our choices from there and, and, and we're on the lookout for, for the guys that, that fit into our culture um, as seamlessly as possible. He's, he's one of them, but uh, first and foremost, he's someone with a track record of hitting with a really strong natural hitting ability. He can drive the ball, he uses the whole field. You know, he's, he's a hitter first. Um, he can catch up to velocity as good as anybody. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're, you're looking for right-handed hitting options that fit our club and the way we're structured, uh, we could afford to leverage the DH spot, you know, 
primarily here, and um, I feel like he's somebody that with a more regular role and stabilized, um, straightforward role uh, could could take off and uh, see some rebound to where he was prior to 2019. Is it fair to say that you value Randy higher than, let's say, a lot of the, the industry? And what do you see in him, and how good do you think he can be? We certainly really like the player. I, I think... I don't know, you know, have an idea of the public perception of, of something like this and and how it can be perceived. Uh, it's certainly safe to say that our that our opinion of him is well north of that. Um, that doesn't mean that we'll be right, um, but we we believe in the work that we we've, we've done on Randy and you know the the following of his career and some of the developments that he made in 2019 and. Like I said earlier, he's he's a player that that we're really high on that we think is uh, ready to establish himself at the major league level and, and comes with some significant upside on top. So, you know, I don't know. I, I know the Cardinals valued him highly. Um, I think I don't want to speak for them, but they they had some depth in the outfield, and this was a chance I think really for both sides to make a, uh, in our estimation a fair talent swap and to to kind of repurpose some pieces in ways that were in the best interest of their club moving forward. Is this move, some people say, well, this is a now move, but you have six years of control with Randy. So is this a now and then move? And if if so, how? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think you look at, like I said earlier, the the, the Jose Martinez component, that's that's pretty straightforward. Um, it's it's pretty clear what he is and, and, and what he brings to a club and, and how that fits us. Uh, Randy's someone that was, was more of a target. Uh, just kind of more in a vacuum and and just at the same time happened to to fit our club with with where we currently stand so uh, the fit on Randy was not the immediate major league fit on Randy was not the necessarily the driver to try to round out and complete our group but um, you know was I, I suppose a cherry on top to have it fall together you know to come together that way uh, but really with him he's someone that we felt was just had the potential to be a core member of our club for the foreseeable future and, and obviously fit our club in 2020 as well. When we chatted on Monday I asked you about to potentially parting with pitching and I was thinking more of the now you parted with Matthew Libertor who some value as a top 50 prospect in the game. How difficult was it to do that because in the race history, you guys haven't traditionally, you've traded starters when they're in the big leagues or maybe even sometimes on the cusp, not when they're down in A ball. Yeah, not uh, by no means. I, I think Matthew, when when we drafted him, when we signed him, when we brought him in, he has continued to develop and grow exactly as we expected. Uh, this deal had nothing to do about a change in assessment of him as much as uh, – believe how we evaluated uh, the players that were coming back to us and how we felt about them and you know Randy being the the big you know, ideally long-term piece for us so um, yeah look we I think certainly relative to the um, the the public assessment in, this, in a sense that uh, this looks like something we stuck our neck out there a little bit but uh, we, we've got to trust our work we have to trust um, you know what what we're doing why we're doing it um, not to you know, be mindful of different viewpoints and perspectives, but but this is something where, yeah, we, we gave up a, a really good player and a couple of, of good players, but Matthew being the more known uh, talent, um, but uh, really believed in what we were getting back, and that's the way these things go. Did the depth of talent that you already had established, Brendan McKay, hopefully Brent Honeywell coming back, Joe Ryan, Josh Fleming, Shane McClanahan, Shane Boz, 
make this a little bit easier to make a deal like this? If you didn't have that depth, could you have made a deal like this? Uh, not, I, I don't think it. I don't think it influenced things too much. Um, it, you know, if just I think the way that, like I said, the way that um, we've we've evaluated Randy and, and the way that he times up with uh, you know a lot of our talent, you know, our younger talents on our major league club. There's there's some appeal to to that, and it's fun to accumulate talent, um, but it's an entirely different challenge to accumulate that talent and then to try to time it up as effectively as possible. And so, you know, I think even if, you know, Matthew is uh, the only pitching prospect in our system, uh, this is a deal that we still strongly consider and probably think about uh, in a similar way just because of our opinion of Randy and the fact that it, it times up a talent we really like with a, a group we really like. How much did the extra 30 picks, the swap of compensation picks, figure in all this? And how important do you guys value going from, what, 66 to 38 approximately in the draft? Yeah, it wasn't uh, – this wasn't a deal that, that started with the, the comp pick swap and, <laughs> and grew from there. It kind of went the other way, obviously. Uh, but it's – look, just a little bit of a balancing of, um, you know, what each side's giving up in and, and, and a way to help, I, I, I think, satisfy – the, the needs of both clubs to strike a deal like this. Um, it's, it, it is favorable. It does give us a little more flexibility financially in the draft, and it does put us in a territory where, yeah, we you know, obviously have a chance to get a, a player we think about um, more highly of than you know, if we're picking 30-some-odd you know, slots later. So uh, it was something, like I said, not the driver of it, not necessarily what um, what what, what kickstarted this deal but uh, a, a nice way for us to balance it in the end a lot of times we like to look big picture so let's look big picture offensively you've added since the offseason Renfro Sutsugo Martinez Arasarena um, from the start of the 19 team you no longer have Tommy Pham Avi Garcia Matt Duffy overall do you think right now your group heading into 20 has the ability to be better offensively than the group did in 19. I do, and 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 we do, and that's um, it's it, it's hard to say. I, I think we had more confidence in our group in 19 offensively than I think ultimately where the numbers numbers settled in, and we just had so many guys that were beat up. You know, they never had the chance to to play together, and um, really from mid March forward, uh, we never we never saw them healthy. You know, and. Uh, I think we we at least got them all on the field and activated together, you know, in that Houston series. Mm -hmm. Finally, in Game Five, you know, to get Sogard in there and some of the guys. That was the first time we really got to see it all together. But they weren't even healthy then, you know. So and Yandi was out, so I guess not. So, um, I, I I think you know health health is a big factor. But um, if if we're in a position, you know, what we believe Yoshi can provide. Uh, what we believe Jose Martinez can provide, um, what we see out of Hunter Renfro, and what we saw out of Hunter before, um, I, I think his foot really started to impact uh, his performance in 19. You know, if you look at kind of where he was through the course of 18, deeper in the season into 19, the midway point. Um, not that we expect him to be that guy, but there's there's a lot of offensive potential that that exists there as well. So I think some of the names are are different. Uh, but, you know, between the health of Yandi, Brandon Lau, those guys, and some of these additions, I think um, we'll have a different look to our team, I, I think. But we'll have a really nice balance. We'll have a lot of potential and upside and some proven track records. And I think the way that that nets out, um, our expectations are to be at least as good offensively as we were last year. And um, 
I think, with, with some room to, to be better. And lastly, you did have to make room. You moved Austin Pruitt to Houston. You got two players back. Give us a feel for the players you got back. Um, and both of them college guys who were, you know, a year or two removed from the draft and how much potentially each of them can help in the long, long-term big picture. Yeah, you, you never know, and, and, and you just want to continue to uh, to put talented players into your system and to let them grow and develop and hope that enough of them ascend to, to be contributing major league players. Uh, Cal Stevenson uh, is an outfielder, 23-year-old left-handed hitter uh, out of the University of Arizona. Initially was with Toronto, came to Houston as part of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Derek Fisher deal uh, at the time as somebody with really strong uh, contact ability, good feel for the barrel, uh, uh, a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts, high skill player, high baseball IQ player, um, can play all out, all three outfield spots. And just a lot of pass, a lot of strengths on the surface that are there and, you know, a little more strength, a little more skill development. There's just different ways that he could ascend into uh, to being a contributing major league player. Uh, and then Peyton uh, Battenfield was a ninth rounder in this past draft, right-handed pitcher uh, that was in the Penn League. Good-sized kid, uh, showed some arm strength, uh, made a nice impression on our scouts this summer and uh, had some awareness of him, obviously, out of college, out of uh, Oklahoma State, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just a guy that, you know, a lot of time ahead of him, a lot of room for development, uh, but can bring him along and like the ingredients in our in our pitching program, and we'll just see where it goes from there. But two guys that have a chance and time to just to continue to climb in the ladder and uh, ideally impact us down the line. And now with these trades, do you? I mean, you felt good before going into the season, but do you feel there's much more that needs to be done now between now and the start of spring training? Or are you pretty close to ready to kind of move forward? I think even prior to this deal, we we would have felt good about this group going into the season. Um, after this deal, we feel better. Uh, we feel like we've got more balance to our club. We've got more options. We've got more depth, uh, you know, bringing in Jose and, and, and Randy and, and I don't want to put too much on Randy. We'll see how he comes to camp and uh, if he can, if he can make the club, but just um, we expect him to impact our group some way, somehow over the course of 2020, it just adds just some, uh, just some added functionality of the group. You know, right-handed hitters was something that we were a bit limited on, and, and, and this certainly strengthens us there. And uh, we've we've got some, some more offense. We've got some more coverage in the outfield and uh, would be uh, really excited to go into camp and compete with this group beyond camp and into the season. But we'll also take advantage of the time that's here if there's ways to uh, enhance our organization further. Well, let's kind of get some Cardinal perspective after uh, chatting with Eric Neander, the race senior VP and GM, and joining us now from Fox Sports Midwest is a guy you can follow in the Cat on Fox that is a good friend of mine uh, who I've known for many years. That is Jim Hayes, who's covered the cards for a long time. Jim, thanks very much for a few minutes. Always a pleasure, Neil. How are you doing? Good, good. I, you know, I think this is an interesting trade from a lot of perspectives. Um, from the, the Cardinals' standpoint, um, give us your feel on, on the two players that obviously will have impact in the near term that the Rays got, and that's the reason they got them, is near term and long term, and first in Jose Martinez and the impact he could have on a clubhouse. Well, first, Jose Martinez is a wonderful addition to any club. First of all, he hits, okay? Uh, he had a bit of a down year last year, but I, I think everyone thinks that was an aberration. This guy hits. Um, he's six foot six, you know, they talk about play coverage. He'll swing at anything, but it's, there, 
you would think that there are weak spots, holes in the swing, and we haven't seen any pitcher expose that. Um, he can turn on any fastball. His eyes light up when he sees a fastball. And uh, he just, you know, he, he just hits. Defensively, the outfield was a challenge for him. They tried him at first base. He was fine, but, you know, it, not really the kind of guy you want to run out there every day defensively. Um, but certainly up to word, uh, value risk versus reward. The reward is the offense, and he was really good. And one of the things that, you know, you don't count on the stat page is he really is an outstanding guy. Um, the, he was the leader of what, they, what he termed as the bench mafia when he wasn't starting, keeping guys energized. I mean, this guy has nonstop energy. It's a great thing to have impact the ball club because he's just go, go, go. His teammates absolutely love him. And I think the beautiful thing about, about Martinez is, you know, he could be in the starting lineup or he could be coming off the bench. It doesn't matter to him. He's the same guy, always upbeat, always ready to go, always full of energy. And he's a clubhouse leader. He's a great guy for any club. And for a team that made the playoffs last year, and obviously you guys familiar with winning clubs, it would seem to be a logical fit to add a guy like that to this race team, which did lose some clubhouse leadership in the off season. Yeah. And he's really appreciative of uh, what he's been able to accomplish. He was a guy that was in the minor leagues forever. Um, had a, a good year at AAA with the Royals organization and they didn't bring him up. The Cardinals picked him up and he, you know, through his career, he had all kinds of injuries along the way. Um, after one of the injuries, uh, I think he told me it was his grandma. He was ready to walk away from baseball and she talked him out of it. So he stayed with it and he's been rewarded because he's a bona fide major league hitter. And, uh, you talk about a leader and a good impact on, uh, on the younger players. That's exactly what he can do for a ball club. Jim, what's your take on, on uh, Randy Orozarena? Because I, I think in most eyes, he would be considered the key piece to this deal. Obviously, the Cardinals did have a surplus, and maybe even still do have a surplus of outfielders. Well, uh, he's a really an intriguing uh, young player. Speed, speed, speed. I mean, this guy can run. Uh, last year, I mean, he just tore up minor league baseball. And the Cardinal fans were eager to get a look at him. The problem is they have... Other guys sort of in that same mold. You know, Harrison Bader is a guy who has speed, 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 and never got going offensively. Lane Thomas, another guy in the outfield mix. Tyler O'Neill is a guy uh, that they think has big potential, another young outfielder. Of course, there's Dylan Carlson, who has uh, Mm -hmm. huge projections going forward. So there are a lot of pieces. So it would have been tough for Randy to to, to crack uh, the roster. So in a way, he was an extra piece uh, for the Cardinals. But – I'm telling you, if he's on a different roster that doesn't have similar type players or an abundance of potentially uh, good outfielders, he would have been, you know, one of the outfielders that they were looking to and expecting big things from him. He, he has a chance to be a really, really good player. This guy can fly. And he's a different player, obviously, than Tommy Pham, but Tommy was probably, um, I don't know if underutilizes the right word, but a change of scenery helped him a lot. It could be the same way for, for Andy with the Rays. It was for Tommy with the Rays. Yeah. And you bring up Tommy Pham, And then uh, when, you know, the news broke in pieces yesterday that, uh, that the Cardinals had uh, picked up a, a pitching prospect, they gave up an outfielder and was like, Oh no, it's the Rays," Because <laughs> uh, I think people look at you guys as making shrewd deals and uh, Cardinal fans are still maybe a, a little sore that uh, Tommy Pham. 
uh, isn't a cardinal anymore, especially when the offense had some offensive uh, or the outfield had some offensive challenges last year. Um, but yeah, I, 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 anytime a player goes to a new situation and gets a, a fresh start where maybe there's not so many similar pieces, it's a great opportunity for him. Uh, I, I venture to guess he's going to be a really good player at some point down the road. And in Jose's standpoint, it would it almost probably speaks to his total character that he was with the Cardinals as long as he was with his defensive deficiencies um, because he would seem to be a great fit for a team that can use him as a DH at times. Yeah, because he's instant offense. And he's also a guy he can pinch hit. Um, he's, he's not a, a distraction if he's not in the starting lineup. And as you pointed out, all the good things about what he does in the clubhouse. But, you know, the bottom line for any team that picks up a guy like that is you get a guy who right out of the box is going to come out hacking. You know, he's not about walking. He's, you know, not about trying to do – he is trying to hit the ball hard, and he usually accomplishes it. And even when guys have that, you know, 101-mile-an-hour fastball, as so many guys do, he never seems overmatched by it. Um, as big as he is, and sometimes – the bigger guys tend to have long, mm-hmm. looping swings. And I wouldn't say his swing is textbook by uh, any stretch of the imagination, but he gets that bat through the zone, and he never seems overmatched. So, yeah, there are some defensive shortcomings, but the, the upside with uh, Jose is so great that the Cardinals were, were glad to have him. And there were times, too, uh, stretches where that offense for the Cardinals just wasn't there, and uh, he saved their bacon. Uh, you know, there were times where he just got red hot, and carried him for, for little stretches. So I, I know the Cardinals are not happy, you know, that they had to part ways with him. But I think at some point, either A, the, the prospect that they pick up is, as being speculated, maybe too much, piece of a bigger trade. But also the Cardinals have done, it's almost like due diligence, restocking your, your minor leagues. I mean, mm-hmm. teams have to pay attention to when prospects have been dealt or have fallen by the wayside that you've got to restock um, you know, the minor leagues and what the, what the Cardinals picked up is obviously, a you know, he's going to be their number one pitching prospect, top 50 guy. So he does that and, and then some. So your take on why the Cardinals did this, because I think there are a lot of national people who've labeled this as a potential win-win for both sides. The Rays fans can see why it fits for them now and even future because um, Arazarena, you know, you, you control him for six years. You do control Jose for three, uh, including this season. Uh, is this to make room potentially to re-sign Marcelo Zuna? Is it part of the bigger deal? Is it the need for pitching down the line because they don't have a lot of young pitching within the system? Yeah, I, I think it's probably all the above. I think the Cardinals, you know, they've been kind of slow playing the whole off season, saying, you know, eh, we're probably not going to make anything uh, big happen at the winter meetings. We're, it, it, it gave me the sense that they were looking at making deals that there were some moving parts to. So I would say it's more likely that they picked him up because he's a really good young pitcher. And at, at the very least, you have that going forward uh, to build off and know that that's coming down the pipe. I, I, I think that they're still in the Ozuna thing and the fact that they shed a couple of outfielders who are extra pieces, although the, the Cardinals need another bat somewhere. Um, maybe that's, you know, a tell that they're closing in on Ozuna. I think it depends on contract and length, obviously, or that they are trying to, you know, you hear the rumors as I do that it's something with Arenado or possibly uh, the Red Sox. I would say it's more likely that uh, Ozuna, but I think they're all certainly a possibility. I do think when it's all said and done, though, the Cardinals will end up with another bat. They, they, 
you know, they, they were so good pitching last year. And the thing that got in their way as far as they did go in the postseason was the, the offense that was sometimes feast or famine and would shoot blanks, you know, for a couple games at a time. Um, now without Ozuna, who was, you know, one of their most productive guys, especially with power numbers, you lose a huge piece. So you're, you're actually not as well off as you were last year when you were offensively challenged at times. So I think they realize they have to get a bat, but I also felt like they wanted to see the market sort of fall into place and didn't want to have to overpay by jumping in early because I think they feel like there are some other deals out there that can, that can meet their requirements without having to give away the, the, the whole ranch. Good stuff, Jim, and and uh, the good thing is this year we'll get to see you uh, since the Rays are playing the NL Central in uh, uh, in interleague play this year. So looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, and I was thinking, all right, I'll get to see Tommy Pham. That won't happen, <laughs> but we will get to see Jose Martinez, who's awesome as well. Good stuff, Jim. Thanks again for coming on. All right, we'll see you, Neil. Thanks. Really good stuff from uh, Jim Hayes of Fox Sports Midwest, and we appreciate the time that he and Eric Neander uh, spent with us. The Rays also got some good news on Friday. They don't have to worry about an arbitration hearing as they came to terms with five players, Hunter Renfro, Tyler Glasnow, Chaz Rowe, uh, Oliver Drake, and Daniel Robertson. Um, we normally would have done a podcast on this Friday just about the arbitration process. Instead, we're going to push that back to Monday. So you're basically going to get three podcasts within a week span. Uh, on that Monday podcast, uh, you'll hear from James Click about uh, how the Rays avoided an arbitration hearing and also chat with Mike Brasso. Uh, Mike is one of the three players the Rays had in that rookie career development program in Miami this past week. So we'll get a feel for what that was like for him and the other players he went with. Brendan McKay and Vidal Brujan and that and a whole lot more coming up next week. But in the meantime, you can check out our blog, raiseradio.moblogs.com, for a breakdown and analysis further of the deals that the Rays were made. Thanks very much for being with us, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>